the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, let's get to it. It's Friday. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. We've got through another week. It's going to be another hot one today. We're going to be near 98 temperatures. Heat indices is going to be over 100 degrees, probably around 110. So, uh, you know, when we get to that one, two, three, four, maybe even five o'clock hours today, uh, stay inside if you can in the air conditioning and just kind of relax and do your work this morning if you can outside or if you need to do work uh, do it later this evening like six seven eight because eight thirty is when you're gets getting so dark you can't basically work outside anymore but uh, don't get out there when that sun is just blazing down on you it's not smart for you to do that uh we got a full show for you robert uh, steinbach and of course chris corbett will be joining me here uh, right out of the bat uh, to talk about some of the things that are going on with the government. We'll talk what's going on as far as the federal government goes. We'll talk about what that means for our state and uh, how our state government may have to uh, react. I spent this week with a lot of state uh, elected officials on the show, and that was one of the questions I asked them is, are they ready to, to do battle? with the Biden administration, because let's look at it uh, over the last few days. Biden administration said, uh, hey, look, uh, we're going to enforce a lot of this gender stuff that we want it done. We're going to make you in the states follow it. We're not we're going to I'm going to turn loose the federal government to uh, try to uh, take the states that uh, are uh, trying to put a lot of uh, uh, rules and regulations on uh, abortion. Going to try to attack them as well, even though the the Supreme Court, and we're waiting for the final ruling. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, but they've said that Roe v. Wade and Casey looks like are going to be part of history. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on out there that we, we need to really talk about. The president is still attacking the uh, oil and uh, attacking uh, fossil fuels here in this country. Uh, His uh, spokesperson basically said so yesterday from the podium, said they're going to move forward at making it impossible to drill for oil here in the United States in the future. Uh, So we got a lot to talk about because if they do that, if they continue to just kind of shut down the oil industry here in uh, America, uh, just get ready to pay exorbitant prices everywhere uh, for your everyday 
uh, type of uh, uh, commodities and things of that nature. Well, Chris has joined us. Let's get him on the line with us. Chris, how you doing today, buddy? Uh, we're, I hear you're down in Hot Springs. Is that right? I am down here with a bunch of lawyers keeping their law license. I'm at the annual Bar Association meeting. Okay, what do you do at the annual Bar Association? What's <laughs> well, I do a bunch of classes. It's called CLEs, Continuing Legal Education. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, so it's not it's not like you're them. not like you're going to right. Star Chambers, right? And they're telling you you can or can't be a lawyer. Okay. I'm, Correct. Hey, because look, you watch uh, you watch our own elected officials up in uh, Congress over in the House side. They got their own star chamber going on over there. I, I I watch that and I wonder: Do people not equate what they're doing on the on the January sixth hearings to what the Soviet Union did back in the sixties and seventies? Oh man, you know I've watched some of the January sixth stuff. It's just a big show. Uh, uh, where's the substance? You know. Yeah, but they're trying. They're trying to destroy everybody's career that shows up in front of them. I'm not saying that they're th- they're throwing a lot of those people in jail. They've already thrown a lot of people in jail uh, as far as that took part in in January 6th. But I'm just surprised they don't have like the you know the ga- the glass cage they used to had that you had to stand yeah. in. While they were reading the charges off to you, I'm surprised they're not back doing that again and have a big star over top of them. Oh, yeah. Well, all they're doing, Dave, is dividing the country. I mean, it's time to it's time to heal up. But no, let's cause some more division. Let's cause more frustration and anxiety in the public. Right. Well, yeah. And then yesterday, uh, the vice president came out. You know, we we killed that uh that new uh, program they wanted to have with Mayorkas about controlling the Internet and all of that. And here comes Harris, and she resurrects it again. And now she's going to be in charge of making sure that you can't say anything bad on the Internet. We're going to be watching you. That's the thing that everybody should be concerned about, Robert. They're telling everybody they're going to be watching them on uh, social media and, uh, I guess, come out and get you if you happen to say something they don't like. Dave, Chris and I are representing, as of two days ago, a local blogger who a lot of people don't like, um, and I don't care whether they like him or not. I'm not here to convince them to like him or not. I'm not here to tell you I like him or not either. I represent him. Uh-huh. This, this guy was thrown in jail two days ago because... Uh, some local pure hack didn't like that he flipped them the bird uh, and told them to kiss off. That's not a direct quote. I don't remember exactly what he said. That's free speech. Yeah. And some uh, local district judge up in Sherwood, uh, Chris can tell you the name, I don't remember the name, threw him in jail. And here's the thing. In Arkansas, when you have a trial in, in district court, that's like a misdemeanor court, a small claims court, you get a brand new trial in what's the, the ordinary court. It's called the circuit court. You start fresh if you file a paperwork, and we file the paperwork. And this district court judge made up the law, and he said, now he's going to jail anyway. How do you go to jail if you get a new trial? So we filed a motion, emergency motion, to get this guy out of jail. It goes to one judge. She recused, and they don't give a reason, which is the right way to do it, by the way. Um, so she was out, but that cost us three hours. 
it goes to the second judge who's down there with Chris. And Chris sees her in the hallway because uh, we wait two hours. We still don't hear anything back from the court and says, Judge, Judge, can you just please check with your court? I've uh, filed an emergency motion, so it needs to be ruled on. I want to alert you that. She doesn't even say hello, doesn't do nothing, turns around, walks away. This is Kathy Compton. By the way, that's the wife of um, uh, Bill Wilson, who's a federal judge, who I've criticized on your show, uh, uh, well-deserved, uh, as it was, by the way. Um, and uh, she files a recusal saying, oh, uh, Chris shouldn't have come up uh, uh, to, to her. Shouldn't come up to her. Why? To tell her. Well, why? To tell her that she needs to do her job? Do your job. So then it gets assigned to Wendell Griffin. Um, and Wendell Griffin, guess what, does his job. I mean, I don't say that surprisingly, meaning that's an example of how you actually do your job. Wendell Griffin gets the case. He sets the uh, hearing for next Thursday for the arraignment in the trial court. And he releases uh, shortly thereafter my client, who is now out of jail because that district judge didn't know the law. And the, the other judge, Kathy Compton, uh, ran away from Chris because he had the temerity to say, do your job. Not in those words, by the way, because Chris is, uh, uh, is polite, more polite than me, by the way. Um, and uh, just said, hey, uh, judge, you got this pending motion and you obviously don't know about it because you're here with me. And the only reason I know about it is because I just got on the Internet and filed it. You know, right. So he's doing a public service and she runs away and she uh, uh, files a, a, an order recusing herself, which, again, any judge can file an order recusing themselves, by the way. Uh, but says, well, the Corbett shouldn't have come up to me. Wait, what? Wait, what? This is what I'm talking about. What you so, can only come, you can only come up to the judge in her what in her chambers or in her office? Uh, maybe just to kiss her ring, like the Pope. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> the point is that, uh, um, and this whole case revolves around the point that you raised. This guy said nasty things to a, to uh, to a couple, I think, of public uh, bureau hacks. Suck it up. Uh, because that's what the First yeah. Amendment requires. The First Amendment isn't for greeting cards and for nursery rhymes. You don't like that that this guy flipped you the bird? Walk away. Huh. And and this, and this district judge has the nerve, first of all, to convict him? To convict him? This whole law is unconstitutional. I'm going to get this law thrown out. I'm going to get this law overturned. Uh, to borrow a line from Al Pacino, um, uh, uh, where you, you might recall from the movie, he says, I'm out of order. This court's out of order. Yeah. This whole thing's out of order. Well, uh, I'm not out of order, and the court's not out of order, but the law is out of order, and we're going to clean it up and throw it out. Well, it, this is crazy stuff that's going on. Crazy. David, it, it's right on point with what you said. All our client did is take, they all started with taking a public document and posting it on his blog. That's how this began. It's a public document, right? Which oh, means yeah, it's for the public. Yeah, yeah, it's you go for to the public. So, so the, the government forgets to redact uh, the um, social security number on the public document. So this guy, it's not his job to redact it. He posts it. So they get in touch with him and they say, oh, cross out the social security number. So he crosses it out. So then they say, oh, it's uh, not crossed out enough. Um, and by the way, 
once the government turns it over to the public, even though they weren't supposed to turn over the social security number, it's nobody else's responsibility to clean up the government's mess. Mm-hmm. So just another example. Yeah, um, because if you uh, go in and change something they, and they said, well, we didn't tell you to change it, then they'd come after you for that. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. But that's, I mean, it's just the whole thing is they are targeting this guy because they don't like what he says on his uh, website, of, of snarky media or something like that. Um, he criticizes them. He criticizes everybody, by the way. He criticizes everybody. Um, I don't know anybody who hasn't gotten a piece mm-hmm. of his uh, wrath. Guess what? That's called the First Amendment. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. So when we come back, let's talk about what uh, the vice president is saying about what she's going to be doing as she watches the Internet now here in the United States. Not, not in a state, not in a city, but in the entire country. We'll talk about it. We've got to get a break in here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's Friday. And it's going to be a hot one today, so be ready for it. And just know that it's, uh, you know, maybe uncomfortable sometimes when you're outside, but that's all right. It's better than cold weather as far as I'm concerned. Don't forget about East End Towing. They're ready to help you out on the highway. Let's say, uh, as we were talking yesterday on, uh, you know, with Joe and Duck, with uh, the folks from, uh, you know, the... uh, well, they they kind of do a, a shortened version of the, the car and truck doctors, and they were talking about what happens if something goes out on your car and, you, and it overheats, and they say, pull over immediately. Don't try to limp it along to the next uh, exit or whatever. Pull it over immediately because all you're going to do is do more and more damage if you keep driving it. So when you pull it over, get your phone, go to, uh, you know, your contacts, and uh, hit East in Towing and give them a call. Tell them you need a tow. Their number, remember, put it in your phone, 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849, no matter the situation. All right? They know what to do, and they'll help you mitigate it. That's East in Towing, 501-888-8849. Back with you, the Dave Ellswick Show. We start out the show today talking about, once again, this administration is out to try to curtail uh, free speech on the Internet. You know, we, we had Mayorkas uh, from uh, the DHS basically saying that uh, they were going to make sure that nobody could say anything that was detrimental to uh, the uh, current regime in the White House. And the lady they put in charge uh, uh, was just absolutely nuts. And now she's walked off into the sunset. But now they 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 brought on the uh, uh, the vice president uh, to do a good to do this job. Now, whether she'll do a good job. Well, how how well did she do with her job on the border? Not so good. So I'm I'm not expecting much from her. Uh, She announced this yesterday. Uh, This is a task force, guys, to address online harassment and abuse. Harris praised the task force in her remarks as a means for societal progress, saying, quote, no one should have to endure abuse just because they are attempting to participate in society, unquote. 
memo on the task force released by the White House condemned gendered disinformation, whatever that means, and proclaimed the administration will be developing programs and policies to address online harassment, abuse, and disinformation campaigns targeting women and specifically LGBTQ I plus individuals who are public and political figure. Again, listen to this. These are individuals who are public and political figures, government and civic leaders, activists and journalists in the United States and globally. How's that one for you guys? Hey, Dave, uh, we're online. We're on the air and online. Yep. Um, so uh, here's my thought. The vice president is a buffoon. Uh, is she going to come arrest me now? She's a buffoon. Well, wait, be quiet. Be quiet. Uh, hey, wait, be, qui- be quiet just for a second. I'm listening for yeah. the siren in the distance. That's right. That's right. Well, I think there's somebody at the door. I think they're knocking at the door. I think the thought crime police, uh, they're at my door already, and they had the pre-crime set up to go along with the thought crime, so they knew I was going to do it before I did it. Amazing. This is crazy. This is, this is so crazy. Uh, let me give you some more, Chris. So I, I, I'll give you some more powder for your bullets. Here you go. The memo okay. suggested that online harassment has devastating costs for democracy itself by undermining people's ability to exercise their human rights and participate in democracy, governance, and civil life. Golly. Hey, this is, this is dangerous stuff, what they're proposing here. This is diametrically opposed to what our society is created with. They, they literally are saying two things in one sentence, and they're opposite. So they're going to, if you don't like what you say, and uh, you've hurt somebody's feelings, then you're going to be under arrest. They're going to take your freedom away because of something you said. I, 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 can't, I can't wrap my mind around this. And then, and then but they're supposed to be the party of, the party of tolerance, right? Yeah, they're not. And uh, we're going to suffer the consequences if pe- good people don't stand up and do something about it. Okay, yeah, get ready. It gets worse. You don't think it can get worse, and then it gets worse. She went on, and she's quoted as saying, online abuse and harassment, which aim to preclude women from political decision-making about their own lives and communities. Can you hear, can you feel a feeling here about We've got to fight against this whole thing about abortion. Uh, and communities undermine the functioning of democ- undermine the functioning of democracy. What would these people have done back in the day when they were you know they were all over Jefferson about not being a Christian? Oh man. I mean crazy stuff. This is crazy stuff. Jefferson couldn't sue him or anything like that. He didn't sue him. He just put up with it because it was free speech. Is that not right, Robert? The, the founders understood that. What was the old? How's the old saying goes? Sticks and stones may break my bones, yeah. but names will never hurt me. Well, more than the founders understanding that, the liberals understood it in the sixties. They just gave it up because this is what happens when people get power. They become corrupt, and the left has become entirely 
corrupt because they got the taste of power and they literally tell you, oh, well, we, you know, we could do no wrong. So you see, if we come after you for free speech, that's that's not a problem because we know that it's bad speech. Yeah. Yeah. And when we come back, because we got news coming up here uh, in, in just a moment, we'll be getting some local news for everybody to to, to lock into and and uh, bring us up to date. But, you know, we've talked about how the left has said that what you say is just as bad as if you took maybe a baseball bat and beat somebody up with it. I mean, they they equate they equate words with violence and uh, we'll get into that as well because they do that here in just a moment i'll read what the vice president said as well and this is the federal government now if there's any time that you want to bring forth a whole censorship argument it's when the federal government is involved in saying you can't do this you can't say this that my friends is censorship, and we'll talk about it when we get back. Robert Steinbach is here. He is a uh, law professor, Bowen School of Law. He, uh, of course, has his own opinions, and they are his and his alone, and not necessarily though of, Bo- uh, of Bowen. And uh, also with us is Chris Corbett. All right, we continue. Of course, Robert Steinbach is here. He is on the phone, as is Chris Corbett. He also is by phone today. They're out doing things, so they're not in studio with me. Don't forget about David Lucas Financial. They want you to learn how to buy silver and gold. We've had several experts on over the last couple of weeks saying that you should have about 15% in that nest egg of yours that's made of, of precious metals like silver and gold, but you need to know how to handle buying all of that, and that's exactly what David Lucas Financial can help you with. If you just give them a call, 501-222-3315. Learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets. They work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. To learn more about buying silver and gold, it's 501-222-3315. Again, 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. If you just joined us, we're talking about that the uh, administration of, uh, of course, uh, Biden is now trying to come back uh, and take another bite at the Ministry of Truth here in the United States. And this time they're putting uh, the vice president in, in charge and as well as the director. Listen to this. I didn't even know this person existed. This is when you know government is too big. The director of the White House Gender Policy Council and the assistant to the president for national security affairs. Uh, he's going to lead the interagency effort to address online harassment and abuses, uh, specifically focused on technology-facilitated gender-based violence 
and to develop concrete recommendations to improve prevention, response, and protection efforts through programs and policies in the United States and globally. That, my friends, is a word salad, a mouthful of saying censorship. One word, censorship. That's what it is. And no, notice that they said this use of words is, Robert, gender-based violence. Oh, there you go. Violence. There it is. The words are violent. You know what's violence? What I have to pay at the gas pump every day. That's violence. <laughs> why, do, why doesn't the Biden administration get off its big, fat, you-know-what? And by the way, in public, I'll say that word. Let some local pure hack in Little Rock arrest me for that. Um, uh, why doesn't Biden get off his uh, big, fat uh, behind and uh, do something to lower our taxes? And by the way, uh, why do I hear uh, Asa Hutchinson talking about the impact of gas prices, but I haven't heard peep one from him about delaying or canceling the exorbitant uh, taxes that we have on gasoline in Arkansas? We pay the highest level of gas tax in the whole region. That should be suspended 100%. Why do I don't hear anything about that? I hear, well, he's thinking about running for president. I don't care if he's thinking about running for president. I care about the pocketbooks of hardworking Arkansans, and I don't see anybody doing anything about it uh, regarding the gas prices at the moment. What do you think, Chris? Or, uh, uh, Chris? Yeah, you know what? When you first started, all these words they're using, these word salads, Yeah. Uh, it's code words. It's code words culturally competent right this gender what are they gender equity all these things are code words for stuff that literally is discrimination right on its face um uh, it is uh an increase in favorable treatment to a small minority population and it's just they're doing it through these what a star chamber these special elections these special appointments these uh, free speech monitors, which they call it free speech when they're not, they're going to censor it and potentially put us in jail. And then Rob's point about, you know, the governor, <clears throat> he gave the opening remarks to the Bar Association meeting. We've got a room full of lawyers, okay? And they open it up for questions. Nobody, nobody's got one question. They don't have one. Oh my gosh! So I stand up immediately. I stand up and say, "I've got a, I've, I've got a question. I wanted them to comment on school safety, right?" Uh huh. And um, good. I said, you know, I said, Your Honor. I mean, not Your Honor. I said, Governor, I commend you on your school safety commission, but I just want to plant a seed with you. How logical is it to have somebody in these schools with a concealed handgun? You've got an attacker coming in the building. They're going to shoot the guy that's got the gun that they know has the gun. Yeah, the one guy. Yeah. And I said, hey, I I bet there's somebody in the room with a concealed handgun protecting you. And now, I hate something that was um, something interesting to me. He said that they're allowed to have concealed handguns in K through 12. That's true. You can get the training. That's yeah, not I true. Aware of that. That's not true. It's true if they get the approval of the government bureau hack, also known as a superintendent. Oh, and okay. Every superintendent turns them down. He did. He did say things like they got to have special training or something. I was like, oh, I just thought it was enhanced concealed carry. You get it, you can carry it. 
Well, that it was, but but it was interesting. But then the next question, of course, was going to be the one point five billion dollars in tax savings. He called it a savings account, and I didn't get to ask that question. They they literally they closed it down <laughs> uh, for questions. But <laughs> of course, um, yeah. Uh, but um, what's he going to do? There's a lot of Arkansans that don't have a savings account, and one point five billion dollars in overtaxation on Arkansans, and they're going to think about doing something. Well, Media Media Research Center founder and CEO Brent Bozell, who's been on this show many, many times, skewered the Biden administration in a tweet warning, quote, nothing good can come out of the White House Gender Policy Council, especially when they collude with big tech. Well, I'll go even further. Why do we even have a Gender Policy Council? Great point, Dave. What is what is a gender policy council? I agree. I don't have a clue. It's just bigger and bigger government. That's all it is. Dave, I'm curious. You know, uh, what are your preferred pronouns? I'd like to know your preferred (laughs) pronouns. (laughs) The world's busy laughing at us. Uh, We're paying five dollars a gallon for gas. Uh, We have given up energy independence. Uh, Dave, what's your preferred pronouns? I'm just curious. Yeah, I don't. uh, Let's prioritize what we need to prioritize in this world. Me and number one. There you go. (laughs) And I think the left uh, preferred pronoun is number two. Anyway, let's move on. Very, very good. Very quick there, Robert. I like that Uh one. Yeah. Uh So what they've done is they brought back with this uh, movement, this task force that they're talking about, the Disinformation Governance Board, as I like to call the Ministry of Truth from 1984. Quote, there is a new disinformation task force. This one will be led by V.P. Harris. That's uh, from the Young Americans for Liberty tweeting that out. The biggest purveyor of disinformation is the U.S. government. They certainly aren't qualified to police it. Well, they, wow. they, they cut to the chase on that one. That is exactly police. right. Look at the word. Right, I mean, that's exactly right. To police. They, what does that even mean that the left thinks they can... Thing of speech. Yeah. Well, they just think they can do it. They they think that what they have been shutting down free speech for years, Robert. It's it, it's I know it. I know it, it. you know they they really hit their stride during the Obama administration. Got put off the track a little bit during the Trump administration, but now are back with a vengeance during the Biden administration. It's unbelievable, and of course he has no idea what's going on. Uh, he, he's busy eating oatmeal and uh, uh, playing with Play-Doh. So uh, everybody around him, all these lefties that have been stacked up around him, uh, these hangers-on, uh, are making the policy for the administration. Yep. They are definitely doing that. That's why they have all these different groups. they gotta, they got to have a new person to take over uh, the defense of whatever the president is saying, that they have to walk back. It's unbelievable, right? And then he was mad when he when he found out that they're walking back his erratic statements. He being the president, of course. Yeah, let let Biden be Biden. I want a bumper sticker that says that. Let Biden be right, Biden. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> let, let oatmeal be oatmeal. <laughs> 
All right, let's get our final break in for this hour. We got a whole lot more to talk about. There's, let's let's start taking on uh, uh, fossil fuels when we come back, because what the administration says, the fossil fuel. In, uh, you know, industry can't do because why? Because of the Biden administration policies. We'll talk about it when we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Robert Steinbach here, Chris Corbett with me as well. Uh, we got another about an hour and 15 minutes to talk. Uh, we're going to have come on at nine o'clock. We'll be hearing from Stephen Davis from the uh, the Travs. We'll talk to him about what the Travs are up to, and then Matt Smith will tell us what should you go and see at the movie theater this weekend. So all that is still ahead of us here on a Friday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. Save yourself thirty to fifty percent on the cost of your health insurance. How do you do that? Well, you get a hold of Pat Davis, call him at 501-605-6935. How would you like to not have to pay a copay again? Well, then call Pat Davis. How would you like your deductibles to be reduced significantly? Then call Pat Davis. And how would you like to get a check back maybe from the uh, urgent care facility or the hospital? or even your doctor instead of you always sending money to them. Then call Pat Davis. Find out how he makes that happen for you. Call 501-605-6935. Yourhealthplanman.com is how to get a hold of him on the website. It's yourhealthplanman.com. We continue. Let's finish up this uh, half hour and this first hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Friday edition. Woohoo! We got the weekend in front of us. Father's Day is on uh, Sunday. I know my uh, daughter got a hold of me uh, the other day and said, Dad, come over to our house. We're barbecuing for you. So I'm looking forward to that. So Sunday I'll be over by them sitting in one of their lounge chairs by the pool eating some good barbecue that uh, Kevin, my uh, son-in-law, will be preparing. It's kind of a bummer he's got to prepare it because he's a father as well. He should get a break as as well uh, for Father's Day. All right, let's move on with the topics. We've talked now about censorship uh, here locally and as well as uh, nationally uh, by the Biden administration. Well, the White House, this middle of this week, uh, shifted from blaming Russian President Vladimir Putin and uh, his invasion of the Ukraine to the oil companies of America for record high gas prices, calling on them, the American uh, oil companies, to, quote, be patriots, unquote, and do more to lower prices, said uh, White House Press Secretary uh, uh, Pierre. She made the statement, we see it as a patriotic duty. We're calling on them to do the right thing, to be patriots here and not use the war as an excuse, unquote, to price gouge. The remarks came after President Biden had called on U.S. oil uh, refiners to produce more gasoline and diesel, saving their profits, uh, saying that the profits have tripled during the time of war between Russia and Ukraine as Americans struggle with record high prices at the pump. Now, let's get this right. The president on the first day that he came into office, he... uh, 
He uh, nixed the uh, Keystone Pipeline. He has worked with uh, his committees uh, to go in and talk to banks and uh, make it nearly impossible for the oil industry to get the necessary loans that they need to drill and to be able to do uh, the production of, of, of oil. Uh, over the years, the Democrat Party has used the EPA and other uh, d- devices to curtail the building of uh, refineries. Chris, let me ask you a question. When's the last refinery that was built? What year was it that it was built in the United States? You know what? I, I, I think it's in the 50s, Dave. Now, it was in the, um, it was in the 70s. The it was in the 70s. In the 70s? Yeah, in the 70s. But here's the key. If you yeah. said that you wanted to build a refinery today, all right, you, I'm gonna, yeah. we're going to do the Chris Corbett oil refinery. If you wanted to do that, it would take you eight years, eight years to get through the, the the paperwork that the federal government needs you to to meet and to fill out before you could start processing one drop of crude into gasoline or diesel. Man, well, you know, Dave, all this the oil refinery it doesn't just make gasoline and diesel fuel. There are there are six thousand items that are made from petroleum oil that's taken out of the ground. And um, so this affects all kinds of, let me just give you a, a few things, ballpoint pens, nail polish, tires, dishwater parts, dishwasher parts, toolbox, toolboxes, antiseptics, basketballs, soap, shoes, de- deodorant. This is all made out of oil. And guess what? Uh, jets, they're not going to fly on electric motors. We're still going to need oil from a long time. Not unless you have a really long extension cord. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so it, the government needs to get out of the way. The reason the prices are high is because of government sticking its hand into the free market economy. It's not because of the war in Ukraine. It's outrageous that he's trying to blame it on that. Well, yeah. He, he blames it on that. He blames it on a lot of stuff. You know what he doesn't blame? His own frickin' policies. That's right. He's just dumbfounded. He's like, wait a minute. I did this? I love the guy that came out with the stickers. Biden did this. I think they got him in trouble. Is that sticker not free speech? I think he got, I don't know, he, they charged him with something. Did they not? I don't, I'm not sure about that. that. I know that a lot of the people who run the filling stations uh, peel those off. I wish they'd just leave them there. I, I mean, most people look at that and go, yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Because when you look at the polling, when you look at the polling, it's not Putin that they're pointing the finger at. It is President yeah. Biden. You know, where where did we go wrong when it became everybody else's problem and the buck didn't stop at uh, the president's desk? In fact, it's not the buck anymore. It's the 87 cents stops at the president's desk because that's about oh, what a dollar is worth right now. Oh, oh, he did get charged. Dave, did he? The man that said I did that. Man puts I did that sticker on a gas pump and gets arrested. Good God! I don't know if he's got that came up with a sticker. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it is. It's a great sticker. Yeah, it he is. did do that. He did raise the gas prices to five dollars a uh, a gallon. Let me tell you, Dave. Let's just assume your 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 tank has a twenty gallon 
uh, gas tank in it, right? Yep. At five dollars a gallon, it's a hundred bucks to fill up your tank. At two dollars a gallon, it's forty bucks, right? I mean, this is hurting folks bad. Yeah, you better believe it's hurting them bad, and it's going to trickle down. You know, they, the, the, the liberals and the left, they don't believe in trickle-down economics. Well, you watch what happens to businesses that, de- that uh, depend on disposable income uh, by Americans to go to dinner or go to the movie or whatever it is that they're going to purchase, and they don't have the money because they're putting it in their tank right now. That's right. And I, I, there's a, there was a report not long ago that said uh, a lot of the um, uh, people across the nation are putting it on their credit cards. They're just running up their credit card debt because they have to get to work, right? Well, they got to go to work, so they're going to have to fill up the gas tank. Well, at least the people who are have, working have to pay to get to work. <laughs> Good point. Biden would have you um, get on your electric e-bike, right? And I got to tell you, Dave, you could do a whole show on this, these electric cars, these uh, electric bikes, all that stuff. All that electricity is being produced by uh, coal-fired electricity plants, right? Well, coal-fired and, or natural gas. There you go. So Either one. Where do these people think your electricity is coming from? Here, you know, we're lucky that here in Arkansas, nineteen percent of our electricity is produced by nuclear. I wish we could get it up to about 50% and maybe we could drop the price uh, again for the average consumer. Well, ExxonMobil, we go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. We were, fortunate. we were fortunate not to have brownouts because of that nuclear plant like uh, Texas is experiencing. Get ready. They're still going to come. ExxonMobil is hitting back after Biden threatened them and other energy producers. We'll talk about that. Robert Steinbach will be back with us. Chris Corbett will be back with us. And I'll be back, Dave Ellswick, here in just a moment on 101.1 FM. The answer is going to be hot today. Might want to uh, figure out what you can't wear instead of what you might want to wear to stay cool today. This uh, weekend on Saturday, there will be the Juneteenth celebration happening here in Little Rock. Don't want you to forget about that. And the special speaker is a buddy of mine. You know, Joe Booker is going to be Broadway Joe. It's going to be addressing the uh, the fans that come out. Last year, they had about 5,000 people show up. They're hoping for double that uh, this weekend. And it's going to be um, at Interstate Park where they're going to be having it uh, this year. 
that according to uh, Ebony Kimbrough, uh, the uh, second year for this, and she's the founder of it, aiming to make this uh, festival bigger and better. A lot of black businesses will be there. A lot of people will be showing up to remember Dr. Martin Luther King and Ju- Juneteenth. Uh, it's a big a big deal, and uh, I hope that uh, you'll take a little bit of time out and, and visit it and check it out. And I know that they were talking, I saw an article about this on THP 11, uh, yet I think it was late last night, and they were talking about black businesses and talking about uh, how difficult it is and the way it is now about blacks, you know, spending money in in black areas. Well, the reason that curtailed is be, you got to go back to the '60s, go back to LBJ, go back to the Great Society, and you'll find out why that occurred. All right, I remember growing up as a kid. I was born in Gary, Indiana, and uh, yeah, that Gary, Indiana, you know, Gary, Indiana, Gary, that whole thing. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, that's where I was raised, and it had a thriving, and I do mean thriving. Uh, black business area there in Gary. Uh, they're right up there by U.S. Steel. And uh, do you go there now? Uh, and uh, between uh, now and go back uh, probably mid-70s, it, it dried up. It just dried up. And, uh, you know, same thing with Tulsa. I mean, Tulsa had one of the the the, the most biggest black business community in the United States. It was known as the Black Wall Street. And uh, that doesn't exist anymore. And uh, need to take a look at that. Read your history about it. It really is an, an interesting study. And you can find out how the Democrats uh, destroyed it. You know, they always say that the Democrats made uh, the uh, civil rights uh, legislation possible in the 60s. That's wrong. All right. That is wrong. It was the Republicans that pulled that through. And LGB, LGB takes, uh, you know, Linda Baines Johnson takes uh, uh, all the credit in the world. And he stopped. He stopped a uh, civil rights movement back in the 50s when, uh, you know, uh, Dwight Eisenhower was president. And he wanted to push forward. Uh, you know, equal rights, and uh, LBJ was the head of the Senate, and he stopped it dead in the uh, in its tracks in the commu- uh, committees of the Senate. I'm just telling you, read your history to know what happened and how it happened. It's important for you. It, conservatives have been behind the push for civil rights for years and years in this country. All right, joining us uh, during the rest of this hour, we're going to have Robert Steinbach. He's a, of course, law professor at Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those at the Bowen School of Law or UALR. And Chris Corbett is with us. He's down, you know, getting some education uh, down there in Hot Springs with a bunch of other lawyers and uh, learning what are some of the new nuances of, of the law. Now, are you doing a lot of stuff about building and things of that nature, uh, Chris, that you're learning about? No, no engineering, man. Just just uh, just trial techniques and uh, 
uh, new legal issues on the rise. You know, do you watch that show Bull once in a while? It's got the guy that stars in it that used to play Denozo on NCIS. I haven't, I haven't seen that one. What I've been, I've been watching here lately is the Lincoln Lawyer. Uh, oh, what a great series. show that is! So you've been watching yeah, Netflix. It's yeah, it's it's pretty a lot good, of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. By the way, a little aside for you on here, and I know Robert's going to say, "Oh, here Ellswick's going to start talking about TV and movies." Yeah, you're right. Anyway, <laughs> something for everybody to understand: the guy who is the Lincoln lawyer uh, in that show, yeah, lit uh, in the in the literary kingdom, is the. Uh, uh, I guess uh, he's related to Bosch, and they live oh, really? they live on opposite sides of that mountain that you see Bosch is always looking out on from his uh, oh, his yeah. balcony. Yeah, so they're related in some way. I just I found that out just no. the other day. Thought that was kind of interesting. No. And Robert's saying, "So what, Ellswick? Talk about politics, Ellswick. Come on, get on politics. Isn't that the way no, you're feeling? Your problem is that you always tell me, oh, I'm not. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to give anything away.' And then the next <laughs> sentence out of your mouth is at the end of the movie. At the end of the movie, and the ship sinks. In your mouth. Yeah, to that's stop what, you from talking. That's what I used to tell everybody. I said. Close your ears. I'm going to tell you the end of the Titanic. The ship sinks. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the ship sinks. Yeah, what a big surprise. Anyway, I I would have liked it better if, if they'd done a Tarantino on it like they did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and they come to the wrong they come to a wrong house instead of going to uh, up to Sharon Tate's place and had rewritten right. history and and the Titanic wouldn't have sunk or something the iceberg would have sunk that would have been fun that would have been crazy anyway let's let's talk about uh, uh, some other things that are going on let's talk about gas and oil and what this uh, the oil companies now are starting to fire back and and rightly so they have they can't just sit and let this president take pot shots at them and say well you're you know you're unpatriotic uh you're you're screwing the american public when it's not true and uh, ExxonMobil sent a letter to the president and castigated him. I mean, he, they ripped him a new one about uh, what he's done. I mean, how do you – here's the first thing that the oil and gas uh, company said. They said, look, first thing you can do is to say that you're not going to destroy the oil and gas companies, which he said, and uh, by, by 2030 uh, we will not have – oil and gas companies now when you say that you know what you're telling those businessmen we're going to screw you guys to the wall and uh, why would you even keep on trying to produce oil and gas why would you do that if the future is that bleak because you're going to get rid of them why would you invest the capital to continue to to build there is a refinery in houston texas who is trying to sell right now because they have to invest $1.5 billion 
just to meet the requirements of the EPA on the Clean Air Act. And so they said, hey, we're going to lose $1.5 billion. Hey, who wants to buy this? And then you got all these buyers that are saying, you just said you're going to lose $1.5 billion. Why would I want to buy your refinery? I mean, I want people to think about that. Businesses, I know that this is, this is news to the left. Businesses are in business to make a profit. <laughs> not to give jobs, not to make jobs. I've had more than a few, more than a few lefties look at me and, Dave, and go, Dave, businesses exist just to create jobs. Well, how do they create jobs? How do you pay? How do you pay somebody money if you don't make a profit? It's just crazy. People are insanely he, he, ignorant he now. Yeah, he vilified the oil companies for making a profit in his speech. Yes, he did. So, yeah. So how? Uh, so making a profit is bad. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's that's. Not, I, I can't. He says that, and it's like, wait a minute. Isn't that what everybody's trying to do? I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Wait. What are you saying? No. Wait. No. Not everybody. Look, the people in academia that are sitting up on, in the ivory towers in the uh, the universities of America are telling our children that capitalism is bad, socialism is good, and it's not for a company to make profit. It's not fair for them to make a profit. They shouldn't make a profit. They should just give people a job and, and pay them a, a living wage. Isn't that, isn't that the correct terminology now, Robert? Living wage? Yeah, living wage. It, 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 it's really remarkable that they've defined what must be paid. But here's the problem. If you are a, um, a fast food restaurant and they tell you, well, if you hire some, you must pay them, quote, a living wage, because that's politics, right? Like, what's the alternative? A death wage? Nobody wants to get paid a death wage, right? So <laughs> they, 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 they want to get paid a living wage, which I appreciate. Um, I, I want a lot of things, too. But if it costs less uh, to create a machine, that provides that service, then guess what the company's going to do? Exactly what happened in the 60s when they priced out the, the guy who served soda, uh, what they called the soda jerk. He wasn't a jerk, right? But they called him a soda jerk. Uh, and, now, and then they had the machines that we now see everywhere where you put in a dollar or two dollars and you get a can of soda. Those services used to be provided by people. But when they raised the minimum wage, the company said, we're gonna, we can't afford it. We'll lose money selling soda. But if we make a machine that does it, you gotta buy the machine. But if you amortize the cost of that machine, it's far less than paying somebody uh, an hourly wage, wage at a minimum wage. So we'll just put a machine in. So this is what the left doesn't seem to understand. Just because you tell someone that they have to pay uh, an employee a certain amount, they'll pay the employee that certain amount if they hire the employee. But there's an alternative. Don't hire anybody and automate it. That's Doesn't exactly right. It's all, they've been work. doing that forever. Ask, ask, the, ask the steel mills. Ask the automakers. Ask a lot of people that it used to be that, you know, you had the assembly line and you had a person at the very beginning and a person at the very end. And they had in between hundreds of people that put a car together. They don't need that any longer because they got robots that do it. That's right. A, a good portion of it is now done 
automated. Yeah, it is. Now, it doesn't mean you can always do that, but you can do it in a lot of contexts. And then the remaining context is that if you uh, continue to hire people at a higher wage, companies will hire fewer people because of the increased cost. So the people who get the higher wage, they're better off, right? You're always better off when you make more money than less. And that's a simple equation. The guy that gets fired because the company says, oh, we can't afford five of you right now, uh, he's worse off. Again, that doesn't mean I'm for or against the minimum wage. I'm just pointing out that every time someone benefits, potentially, someone also pays. That's exactly right. All right, Robert's going to be with me. Chris is going to be with me to the bottom of the hour. He's got to make his way uh, back to his classes at about 730. So uh, we'll get him really involved in the conversation before we let him go here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Billy Mack and what he's doing with ICU Protection and doing the security for your home. I signed up with ICU Protection two months ago, and I can't be any happier than I am right now with how well this system works. I've got the necessary uh, door and window sensors on all my doors and windows. i got a couple of cameras on my house now, and when anything goes wrong, if I've got an armed and somebody opens a window, I get an immediate a notification on my smartphone. Even if it's not armed, if the camera picks up somebody, I get a video on my smartphone showing me who's at my house. You can get this, too, with Billy Mac and ICU Production, and you can get this other great deal that I got as well, which is you'll pay for the service, but all that equipment they put on your home, whether it's cameras or devices, sensors, you get and keep those absolutely free. 501-205-1333 is the number to call. 501-205-1333. Go with the uh, protection company that's used by Nuke One in Russellville here in Arkansas, and that's ICU Protection. Man, Ed Morrissey, such a good guy. Again, somebody who comes on my show, he's from Hot Air. If, you, if you're not part of hotair.com, you should be so that you can read their opinion pieces. And Ed brought some really great uh, points to that uh, little piece that he just did. $82 billion by ExxonMobil alone in investments to uh, you know, keep uh, keep up with uh, what's going on out there in the, in that industry, that that that's the way. And, and that he made the statement that the uh, Biden administration is stunned with all the bad things they keep saying about the oil and gas uh, com- uh, folks, the fossil fuel industry, as they like to call it, and how we're not going to need fossil fuels in the near future, and we're going to shut them down, and we're going to make them a part of the dodo bird uh, society sometime in the near future, and then they're stunned that they don't invest? Well, somebody's got you in the crosshairs the whole time, and it's the federal government Federal government has a heck of a lot of power, and uh, they're going to make it difficult for you to make a profit. You don't make a profit. You don't get investors. You don't get stock, uh, you know, buyers. And if you don't get those folks, you don't get money. It's that simple. Go ahead, Chris. I'll let you pick it up. Well, that was a fantastic statement in the ad there. Um, 
how they vilified and demonized these oil companies and then called them out saying they're not investing enough um, in technology. $82 billion in the first quarter spent by Exxon, and they're paying their fair share, 32% of uh, taxes on the profits. i tell you who's not paying their fair share of taxes is uh, these tech companies, these tech giants, Apple, for example, with $59 billion in cash sitting over in, I- in an Ireland bank. Um, that's, that's what's funny about this, and is his um, attack on these oil companies, yeah, the federal government is having um, an effect on the gas prices. And for, for Biden to come out and say, we've said it before, he's blaming it on Ukraine, it's outrageous. What's really going on over there in Europe now with Ukraine is there's a food shortage because Ukraine was the breadbasket of Europe. All the grain and the corn they grew, they're having bread shortages and grain shortages all across Europe. And these, we need to send these European companies a bill for the $40 billion we spent to help Ukraine to defend themselves. All these other, all these other countries, they need to step up and do something for Ukraine. Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I did see that, uh, and maybe you saw this as well, Robert, that uh, France, Germany, and uh, Italy, I think, uh, are going to bring forth the Ukraine to the uh, European Union and uh, next week when the European Union gets together and see if they can't make them a member. Of course, uh, if they become a member, they'll, they'll only have two-thirds of the country to work with. You know what I'm saying? Right. Indeed. Indeed. Well, look, it's aggression uh, by Russia. This attack uh, should not be tolerated. And the West uh, needs to do everything they can, uh, and this is one of those steps uh, to to help support uh, the Ukraine. I know there's some conservatives who are complaining about supporting Ukraine, uh, and I, I frankly um, overall don't get it. Meaning, I get that some people are aptly concerned if we're spending money there, we're not spending money here, because that's how money works. That's a fair uh, concern. But the notion that uh, Russia is the bad guy in this, and they are, and the Ukraine is the good guy in this, and they are. Uh, that is clear. Uh, and that doesn't mean Ukraine is perfect. It is not. Uh, that country has a lot of problems, had a lot of problems before, uh, issues with corruption, etc. Uh, but not to the level of Russia, because there is no corruption in Russia. It is inherently corrupt. <laughs> I love that. Like, That's good. Well, there's some of that oh, that you know, interfere. There's no corruption interfering with anything in Russia. Corruption is the government in Russia. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's just amazing. People are amazing. I, I understand people are very, very tribal now. That's that was predicted years ago. Uh, when we were, you know, learning about how radio works and how television works and all of that, what's a hot medium, what's a cold medium, but all the way through that uh, that discussion, there was one thing that everybody started not paying attention to, and that's when when the uh, internet started to integrate into our uh, daily lives and how that was going to c- cause us to become more tribal. That we would start. Well, just like like we do with everything else, we hang out with people that we like. 
We don't hang out with people we don't like. So you've got you got all these things going on in all these little different sectors and trying to bring all that together and working in unity doesn't work really well, if you guys know what I'm saying here. Let's get back to it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, let me uh, remind you about PI Roofing and uh, what they can do for you. PI Roofing is a roofing company that's been around for over 20 years now here in central Arkansas. And uh, Joel Johnson, who start, started this company, decided that there had to be a better way to do roofing, a better way to take care of people in, that own these homes so that they didn't get ripped off. And he's done a great job at at changing the whole roofing industry here in uh, central Arkansas. I use him exclusively. Nobody else works on my roof except for P.I. Roofing. Own my home now uh, going on 19 years. By the end of this year, it'll be over 19 years. And uh, I've had to put two roofs on my, my home. I had to put one on after I first bought the house. And then I had to put another one on just a few months ago. Both times it was done by PI Roofing because they do it right. They stand behind their work. Uh, if something goes wrong, first time they put a roof on my house, something went wrong with, went wrong with the uh, felt. And they showed up the next day after I called, stripped off all the shingles, stripped off all of that felt, replaced new felt, new shingles, and made my roof perfect. That's what you expect from a company uh, that does work for you, and PI Roofing uh, sticks to that uh, completely. Call them, 501-707-3551. That's 501-707-3551, or visit them online at piroofing.com. All right, back as we uh, continue on. Robert is with us. Chris had to go take uh, some classes. That's what he's doing down in Hot Springs today, uh, going to uh, some different meetings and learning information, dealing with, uh, you know, what he does for a living, and that is he's a lawyer. So, uh We'll be we'll be uh, talking with uh, Robert here on uh, the uh, the Dave Ellswick show. I uh, am going to send you a, an essay from Capitalism Magazine, uh, Robert, that you got to read. It's called "Sex and the Schools," or an essay you don't want to read, and it's really really good. I posted it on my Facebook page, so all of you who are friends to my Facebook page, all you got to do is uh, jump on to uh, facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show, and you can read this, and I'm going to highly recommend that you you uh, share this uh, with your friends. This essay encapsulates my thoughts as well of what's happening in public education and why I'm going to run for the school board in Cabot. Specifically, I'm, I'm going to get involved in it and, uh, and, and try uh, to bring some sanity back to uh, education, at least in, in my uh, uh, area that I live. Look, I've had uh, three grandchildren go through the Cabot school system. Got one that's finishing up here in the next couple of years. Uh, I had a daughter that went through the Cabot school system. So I've had quite a bit vested in the Cabot school system. 
And I thought it was the best school system here in Arkansas, although that thought process now is beginning to wane and move away from it because I think they've got some serious problems that they need to address. And if you look at the testing scores, and and I know that only shows you a small uh, portion of what a school is like, and compare it to other schools, uh, Cabot has been moving uh, in a downward spiral uh, to be in, uh, included in just the average school here in uh, Arkansas. So, Robert, what are, what are some things that people need to know that you're up to? I mean, you uh, you're, you and uh, Chris have gotten involved on uh, another free speech issue. How are the things that you've been dealing with, dealing with guns going right now? <clears throat> well, we've got, as you know, Dave, three lawsuits <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to defend Arkansans gun rights. They are all now on appeal to the Arkansas Supreme Court uh, because uh, each of those cases uh, was were heard in uh, Pulaski County where all of the judges are uh, leftist. Uh, none of them were willing to enforce the law. Uh, and so those cases are now going before the Supreme Court. We will now see, by the way, how conservative uh, the justices on the Supreme Court are, uh, because they have all run uh, uh, claiming uh, when they have run for election, that is, uh, to be conservative, uh, uh, virtually all, I think there may be one exception, are claiming to be conservative. Uh, and this will be the test uh, as to whether they are conservative or not. The laws are completely clear. I helped write some of those laws, uh, and when the leftists in Little Rock discovered that we were seeking to enforce that law, I mean, uh, in particular at City Hall, when Chris tried to carry his concealed carry uh, weapon along with his concealed carry license, of course, uh, into City Hall, and they told him he wasn't allowed to, uh, we're going to find out uh, from the Supreme Court whether the leftist bureaucrats win, uh, notwithstanding the clear language of the law, or the will of the people as expressed through the legislature and signed by the governor uh, prevails. That's what we're going to find out. We're going to find out if the Supreme Court enforces the law or does like the uh, leftist judges in Little Rock have done, which is make up the law because they have their policy preferences, and those policy preferences create the outcomes uh, for those judges, not the actual law for those judges in the, in the cases that I'm talking about, of course, right now. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I am hopeful that we will get a good outcome. Uh, this relates, of course, to the issue of school security. And as I raised earlier in today's show, we can increase school security quite easily. Uh, of course, one of the laws that I'm seeking to enforce uh, includes the provision that already permits uh, people with enhanced carry licenses uh, to carry firearms at uh, universities because that decision was made by the legislature, not the administrators at a university, because, of course, the administrators don't own the university, don't own the property, don't own the buildings. The people do, and the people are represented by the elected officials. However, when it comes to the same type of behavior, that is, teachers and other uh, law-abiding citizens carrying firearms in K-12, through the legislature, as of yet, uh, because the law has not been updated, leaves that decision in the hands of administrators, of school superintendents. Well, school superintendents are perfectly 
entitled to do what school superintendents do. They, uh, they uh, uh, manage the hiring of uh, teachers uh, and staff, for that matter. They um, are involved but not exclusively controlling uh, curriculum. Uh, that type of thing. They manage the budget. What they don't do is decide for the people of Arkansas, or at least what they shouldn't be able to do, to be clear, uh, is to decide for the people of Arkansas whether law-abiding citizens with enhanced concealed carry licenses uh, can also carry in K-12. But currently, that's the law, and it needs to be changed, and that should be number one on the agenda for the legislature and number one on the agenda for the governor. Hey, let me ask this question. I, I saw where Julian Assange has now been extradited to the United States. What What are your thoughts about that? I mean, this guy has been under house arrest for for years. I mean, years, and has never been brought before a judge. But what's due process, right? I mean, that's the thing that I'm worried about. Red flag laws here in this country is that whole bugaboo of due process. I just don't see how you can have, for instance, a red flag law and have due process. Well, that's the inherent problem with the so-called red flag laws. The red flag, people say, well, isn't it a good idea to have someone uh, who's uh, mentally infirmed not have a gun? Well, the law already says that. If you are determined uh, to be mentally infirmed, if you have a, a legal determination uh, that you're mentally infirmed, you're not allowed to have a gun. So that's not the issue. The issue with the so-called red flag laws is, hey, somebody makes a phone call to the police and says, I think this guy is dangerous, and they go over and take away his guns without him going to court. And then later on, he gets some sort of hearing. Well, isn't that putting the cart before the horse? Well, what happens if I... Uh, there are plenty of people who say, Dave Ellsworth, Dave Ellswick is a nutbag. Why is he a nutbag? Because he's a conservative. Mm -hmm. That's enough for them. That's enough for them. So this is... Uh, we still, I think, I'm told, uh, that live in a country in which you get due process. Now, a lot of people use that term, but most people don't use it uh, without, with any significant meaning. It's not complicated. It means the appropriate legal process. Due means appropriate. Process means process. What does process mean in the law? It means you go before a judge and, and a third party, meaning a judge, decides your fate, not the cops. If it's you and the cops, there's no process because the cops are against you and you're against the cops. Uh, I'm not saying the cops are bad, but the cops' job is to do the arresting, and they arrest the people who get arrested. It becomes, well, yeah, their word against your word. So right. you need a third party to figure exactly. out who's telling the truth. That's exactly right. That's due process. And these red flag laws, uh, as they generally appear don't have that third party in there don't have a judge involved well how can you have effective law without a judge even with a judge you don't always get effective law but you and here's the difference but you get the process you may not get the proper substance but you at least get the process that was my beef as we discussed earlier in the show in trying to get before a judge uh, for this case that we're handling for this local blo uh, blogger. And yeah, so that he could we get out of jail. Exactly. And then when uh, Judge uh, Wendell Griffin, he evaluated the file. He gave him, the, my client the process. That's what I was looking for. Right. Right. I mean, 
isn't it make sense to people that before they can take anything from you, whether it's guns, a car, your house, or whatever, that you stand in front of a judge and say, yeah, judge, here's what this guy is saying, but let me tell you that what he's saying isn't exactly true or it's not true at all, and I want you to consider this, and then it's up to the judge to make a decision. Well, indeed, and the problem with that analysis, of course, there is no problem with that analysis, but the problem with that analysis for the lefties is they don't believe that you have a right to a gun. So their philosophy is, well, why did you go before a judge? Nobody should have guns anyway. And, of course, the law and the Constitution says the opposite. Absolutely. All right, we'll come back, finish this uh, hour up, Robert, in just a second. Don't forget, Robert Steinbach is a law professor at Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone might not be the same ones that they got at Bowen School of Law. In many cases, they're not. Or UALR. It's uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's find out what's going on with the Travs right here right now okay let's uh, finish up the uh, uh the show for today and uh, kind of a warning sign coming out today uh robert a rise in auto loan delinquencies or late payments are the next signal that the u.s economy is headed towards a potential recession that according to a new warning from ford credit the automaker uh, automakers financing arm quote we're seeing delinquencies start to increase for chief financial officer john lawler told the uh, deutsche bank 2022 global automotive conference it's not yet a concern for us because coming out of last year and through the first part of this year they were very low it seems like we're reverting back more towards the mean now we're looking for every indication and every data point we can to get a read on where the consumer is. Well, I can tell you where the consumer is. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. I don't need a crystal ball. If you're putting more uh, money in your tank, you got less money to spend. And if, like you've done, like a lot of Americans have done, and you live paycheck to paycheck, That additional money that you're having to put in your tank to get to work or to do something or whatever uh, that you're putting the gas in to do, it's going to cut back on available funds for other things. And guess what? At that point, people start looking and saying, well, maybe I can't make a full payment this month. I'll make up on it next month because I got to make a full payment. A payment here on my house payment for sure this month that's the way it works it's been working that way for for hundreds of years robert dave you you're missing the silver lining i say sarcastically uh you know uh, the best way to get uh back on your feet is simply to miss a car payment <laughs> yeah <laughs> meaning of course you miss a car payment you're gonna be walking uh no it's a um it's it's just another example. Look, we had Janet Yellen, uh, the head of the Fed, say, whoops, I got it wrong about inflation. Wait, what? And they just raised the, oh, I forget what the name of the interest rate is. It's the rate at which the government get, lends money to banks, and then they lend money to you. That's the process. You know, uh, it, it's a series of lending that takes place before you as the consumer actually see a dollar. 
in any event, they raised it by three quarters of a percentage point. It's the largest rate hike in was it 20 years or 30 years, um, uh, some significantly long period. And the Fed tries, should try and does try to raise or lower rates incrementally, slowly, because think raising or lowering interest rates is like adjusting the temperature in the shower when someone flushes the toilet. You do it too much, right, because they flush the toilet, the cold water goes to the toilet, it gets too hot, so you turn the, the cold water up. Well, then the cold water starts to rush in because the toilet's done filling. That's right. And you freeze. So then you turn it all the way to the hot, but then you overturn it to the hot. So if you do it incrementally, you don't burn yourself, you don't freeze yourself. Three-quarters of a... A percentage point interest rate is the equivalent of turning off uh, the hot water entirely. And so it's a huge step, and it reflects the fact that she fi- that she admitted, which is they messed up. They messed up big time. And this administration clearly doesn't know what it's doing. It's not that you need to be able to predict the future, but when unsure about the future, you should be taking in- incremental steps when it comes to adjusting the interest rates, and this administration has done exactly the opposite because it's flailing. It doesn't know what it's doing. Well, what's really crazy about it is that you've got the Federal Reserve saying, look, Yellen herself sitting in front of a uh, uh, a committee of, uh, of uh, politicians saying, yeah, I screwed up. And then the president okay. comes right back and says, hey, no, we didn't screw up. We're doing it right. We need to just spend some more money, and we'll be great. Well, of course, he has no idea what any of his people are saying because he has no idea what he's saying, right? He, he, he's delusional. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there are questions now. Uh, there are plenty of articles in New York Times and elsewhere as to whether he's even going to run for president again. I suspect he will because his ego uh, is huge and his capability is insignificant. And that combination makes for a great politician and a lousy leader. And that's exactly what he is. So I suspect he will run. It will only make it easier for a Republican to win. Thank goodness. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's. Uh, I tell you, there's there's a lot of things on the uh, horizon that are not looking good. For instance, the housing market has gone from bad to worse. Uh, rising interest rates, where you can go out and buy a home, uh, is uh, of course. Uh, causing problems and because of inflation building a home costs more money which means you got to pay more money to buy a home so uh, yeah I, i'm i see a recession on on the on the horizon and i don't think it's that far away i think uh, we'll be watching here after they report on this next quarter i mean remember last quarter we fell 1.7% on GDP. But if we fall again, we're technically at that point in a recession. So we'll see what happens as far as that's concerned. And if it's only a gain of 0.03%, I'm just telling you, it is not good, Robert. And we may be in for some, some dire times. And uh, with that said, there is a silver lining, and that means with every Jimmy Carter that comes along or President Biden, another Reagan rises up and runs on the Republican side. That's right. 
So maybe something good will come out of this out of this terrible stuff that's going on right now. Robert, you have a great weekend. I will catch you again next week. We'll get you on the on the air before we get to Friday. Thank you so much for being part of the Dave Ellswick show. God bless. All right. Robert Steinbach again. His opinions are his and his alone. I'm going to take a break. We're going to have a show come on that's going to talk about your money. Then I'll be back at 9 o'clock. And uh, Stephen Davis will be here. We'll talk a little bit about the Travs for a half hour. And then at uh, uh, 9.35, I'll talk to Matt Smith. And we'll talk about some of the new movies coming out. Lightyear. One of the big movies that's uh, being unveiled in the theaters this weekend. And if I don't get to talk to you from now, hey, happy Father's Day. Have a great day on Sunday. And uh, we'll be back soon here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's get to the final hour of our uh, Dave Ellswick show for this week. At the 9 o'clock hour on Friday, Stephen joins us from the Travs, and we're going to talk to him. He's the voice of the Travelers. As you know, I am a big, big baseball fan, which means I'm a big minor league baseball fan as well, and I've been following the Travs this year. I was I was over at the ballpark last sun, Sunday and uh, watched the Travs win 6-1 to one and enjoyed being out at the ballpark. There's no place better to be on a hot day uh, sitting up in the shade, enjoying a bologna sandwich and uh, the drink of your choice, and uh, watching baseball. And that's exactly what I did last week. I didn't get to get up and see you, Steve, because I, I had uh, some additional friends that joined us, and I didn't think you'd want a big caravan coming up there to say hi to you. But the bottom line is uh, we all had a great time at the ballpark. Ballpark's a special place, and uh, the Travs seem to be playing really good ball right now. Well, first of all, I'm glad you had a great time last week, Dave. Uh, and I know you're a popular guy, so if I'm down on your list, that's okay. Mm. Uh, take care of you take care of your friends first, uh, and stay cool in that hot weather. But you are absolutely correct. The Travelers have been playing really good baseball of late. Uh, that win last Sunday that you witnessed clinched a fourth straight series win. And we talk about series wins, and you think three game series when you hear about a series in baseball, but minor league baseball schedules now it's a six game series so to win four in a row is incredibly impressive that means the Travs have won at least four out of six for four straight weeks they had one of those series where they won five out of six uh to be putting that together is a really impressive run they've won two of the first three this week here in springdale against the naturals uh so in a word yes absolutely the Travs are playing really good baseball right now really consistent baseball night in and night out and it's it's pretty fun to, to see on a nightly basis right now yeah what was uh, interesting is that uh, they got some really timely hitting you know as well as i do it's not how many hits you get but uh when you get those hits, that's important. Like when you have men on second and third, you get people in scoring position. You get a base hit, you get two runs in. If you get them on first and second, you're going to end up with uh, probably uh, second and third. Maybe get them home from second base. But the bottom line is, it's uh, 
they got some really timely hitting. Now, they had a little bit of problem. They had two innings that they had bases loaded with two outs, and nobody could get the big hit because if they had, they would have really busted that game open. Absolutely. Uh, That was exactly the story from last Sunday. They did the opposite last night, got the bases loaded, and didn't cash it in the first after getting two runs, but then really took off after that uh, and had huge innings of a four-run second and then a seven-run third last night and just romped past the natural. So the key, and I always tell people this, is the first thing you've got to do is get the base runners, right? Uh, which sounds easier than it really is, but the Travs have been able to do that this year despite uh, being last in the league in scoring and, and by quite a margin, actually. The, the Travs are the, the lowest-scoring team in the Texas League, but they get base runners. They'll draw walks. It is, as you said, just a matter of getting that key hit. Do they get the hit with the runner in scoring position? Do they get the two walks and then the hit? Mm-hmm. Or does it go hit and then two walks? And you're just sitting there with guys on base and nobody to knock them in. Uh, so the last night they were able to get that done. And even when you don't, if you're getting consistent opportunities, which is what the case was in the game you saw last Sunday, get guys on uh, and just keep giving yourself chance after chance in multiple innings. Uh, you're going to be all right at the end of the day uh, and over the course of a long season. And I think that's where the Travs offense has developed to right now. The season numbers don't look real pretty, uh, but when you, you look at it uh, in a microcosm of what they've done over the last two, three, four weeks, uh, that offense is playing pretty well right now. Yeah, they're playing really well, and i I, I got to tell you, it may not be a surprise to everybody that it started getting hot when it started getting hot. I mean, there's something to be said for the weather being nice and warm. It keeps your muscles loose. It, it uh, keeps you on your toes, and uh, typically uh, you hit better, you run better, you throw better because you're looser uh, to, play, to play the game. I mean, when it's cold at the beginning of the season, it's, it's, it's tough days for that. Yeah, I've never talked to a hitter who doesn't like it better when it's warm. Now, there's probably a a line of demarcation for everybody where it gets to a point where it's too hot. I think most hitters would definitely take uh, too hot over cold. Uh, There's just something about the cold and, like you said, trying to get your body ready to go. I know the pitcher's out there in the same conditions, but there's something for hitters about when it's warm and just being able to go up and grab the bat. Uh, and that you're not worried about you know taking one off the end of the bat and it's going to sting or anything weird going on uh, when it's too cold and your hands just not feeling good on the bat. So uh, warm weather definitely favors the hitters and the Travs have, as you said, had some guys really turn it on. I think Joe Rizzo is probably the head of that list. Yeah, right he's doing well. Yeah, second year Trav and Rizzo's on fire right now. Uh, had three walks and another hit last night. Uh, he's hitting home runs at a rate that I, I don't think anybody with the Travs has done in quite a while right now. Uh, I'm trying to dig back to see when the last time somebody had hit seven home runs in a nine-game span was with two multi-homer games mixed in there as well. Uh, that's the stretch Rizzo was on going into last night when he did not homer. But he's a guy who spent all of last season in double-A uh, as a 23-year-old. Had a solid year, tied for the team lead in RBIs with 60, hit 12 home runs, but that's over a full season. He played 105 games last year. This year, 55 games that he's played in. He's already hit a dozen home runs. Mm. Uh, he's much more confident. I, he's a year older. Uh, he, he's a guy who, who is embraced what he is as a hitter and knows his strengths and is really playing to those, and it's fun to watch right now. And He's that guy in the lineup now that the rest of the guys are going, all right, he's the guy we're pointing to that it's the focal point in our lineup. If he doesn't come through, the rest of us can pick him up, but we know Joe's going to go up there and uh, 
really strikes some fear into an opposing pitcher every time he goes to the plate. You know, that's really interesting about hit. hitting is a very, very interesting thing. It, it comes sometimes hot, sometimes cold. Some days you go up and the baseball looks the size of a beach ball coming in at you. Other times it looks like a, a, a small pea uh, coming at you and it's not as easy to hit. But the bottom line... Uh, uh, the longer you play, the better you get typically if you're a decent hitter at uh, being able to pick up things because there's a, there's important things to pick up. People don't understand that it's not just seeing the baseball. It's being even able to be able to see the spin on the ball that gives you an idea of where that ball is going. Yeah, a great eyesight is really key for a hitter uh, to pick up the spin on the ball. Uh, I, I obviously never played at a high level. I, I can't. I'm just relating what others have told me here, but fastballs look like one thing when they're coming at you. A slider looks like a red dot uh, with the seams, the way it spins. And the sooner you can pick that up, the better it is for a hitter as well as, you know, where it's going. uh, Does it have a lot of movement on it? Does it have a little bit of movement? And and some of the guys, the scouting reports they get and the differences in these pitchers are so minuscule, but the adjustments they can make just based off what they hear and getting to see one or two pitches is incredible. Uh, hitting to me, and I think a lot of folks would agree with this, is the single toughest skill uh, in sports. Uh, it's similar to a golf swing, except that in a golf swing, that ball's not moving. Yeah. The ball's just sitting there for you. Now, granted, you got different lies, different surfaces you're hitting off of, but in baseball, that thing's moving, and the guy that's throwing it to you is not trying to get you to hit it. He's trying to get you to miss it. Uh, so it's, uh, it's to me, it's, it's an incredible skill. And to watch guys like Joe Rizzo or some of these other hitters uh, that we've been able to watch over the years with the Travs in person, uh, when they get on quite a roll, it's really something. And I think we take it for granted because there are so many good hitters at times or guys that go on hot streaks. Uh, But it can disappear at a moment's notice. And for these guys to be able to go out and do it day after day and the routine they go through pregame to get themselves ready for a ball game, uh, it's pretty impressive when they go up and get their four or five at-bats a night and just go pummel that baseball. All right, if you just joined us, we're talking to the voice of the Travs right now, and we're uh, talking a little bit about the Travelers baseball team because they're having a very good stretch right now. Uh, next week when they're back at uh, Diggy Stevens Park, you should get out to the ballpark, watch some uh, ball, and see these uh, guys play because they're playing very well right now. Is Rizzo by any chance uh, got any kind of uh, of uh, family ties to the other Rizzo that's uh, now playing with the Yankees but was a Cub for so many years? He does not. Uh, no relation at all to Anthony Rizzo. Joe's from, uh, from the state of Virginia, was a hmm. high school star there, player of the year in the state of Virginia back in 2016 before the Mariners made him a second-round pick. But, uh, yeah, you'd think left-hand hitter, same name, uh, plays some corner infield. There there might be a relation, but there's not. He's just uh – He's in his own part of the Rizzo family tree, not related to the Yankees' first baseman. <laughs> That's great. He's he's fun to watch. He, he really is. He's very fun to watch. All right, let's take a break, Stephen. I'll come back. We'll talk further and uh, talk a little bit about the rest of these games that the uh, Travelers will be playing over the weekend uh, against our arch rivals up there in uh, northwest Arkansas. As we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show, don't forget about East End Towing, what they can do for us. Uh, you know, you break down on the side of the highway first thing you want to know is who do i call to get me off of the side of the highway and let me just tell you east end towing are the people that can help you they know uh, that no matter what the situation is 
they'll ascertain what it is, and then they'll have an answer for how to handle it. And they'll get you off the side of the highway. If, by the by way, it, you're not having problems on the highway, but you're driving down the highway, you see the yellow lights flashing, move to the other side of uh, the, the lanes. I mean, if it's on the left side of the four-lane highway, you get to the right, whatever, and give them room to do their jobs out there on the highway. It's very dangerous out there when you're uh, trying to hook up a car and people are whizzing by you at 80 miles an hour. Call East End Towing, 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. The Travs on the Dave Ellswick show. We've got one more segment with him. I want to go back and, and just talk real quickly because people may have wondered what we meant. You now it was much more difficult to play during cold weather. Let me just give you a couple of examples when you're the batter. One, you're always thinking that even if you make good contact, you're going to feel like you got a handful of bees after you get it. And for people who don't know what that means, it means that it literally stings the living tar out of you sometimes when you make contact with the baseball. And secondly, when I was batting, I just know I didn't want to dig in very hard because if, when the pitcher's throwing out there, that ball feels extremely slick. And uh, if they got cold hands, you're not exactly sure where that ball's going. Absolutely. Uh, let's get rid of the cold weather for good. I'm yeah, do that. I'm, I'm with it. I'm liking it the way it is right now. It, was it as hot up there in northwest Arkansas as it was down here? You know, temperature-wise, it is. Uh, we're looking at 90, 93, 94 today and for the rest of the weekend up here. It never feels as hot up here. This is about as hot, I think, as it gets up here. I don't know. There's just something about it. Maybe it's slightly more elevated up here in the northwest corner of the state. I'm not exactly sure, but seems like in Little Rock, some combination of the humidity and everything, it just makes it that much hotter, and it feels hotter for some reason in our ballpark. But it'll be plenty warm tonight uh, when the Travis take the field at 7.05. But uh, you know what? As you said, uh, you get into the summer, I think these guys would rather have it that way than uh, playing in some extreme cold early in the season. Of course, you can listen to Stephen call all the action of the game tonight over on our uh, sister station, The Fish, 93.3. Uh, tune in and, and catch all the action on uh, 93.3 this evening. And, you know, there, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. Best way to spend a, uh, an evening, if you got like a porch or whatever, is to sit and relax and get yourself whatever your favorite cold beverage is. It might be lemonade, it might be iced tea, it might be a really cold beer. And sit on the porch and uh, have have your radio or now your your smartphone tuned over to an app uh, that you can listen to the ball game on the radio. It's just great. And do you work really hard at painting the picture for everybody? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I'm the eyes, the ears, the everything uh, on radio. That's part of the fun of it is uh, you can take it wherever you want on radio. TV broadcasts are great, and when you can sit and watch a game and see things for yourself, but you're also dependent on the producer and the director running the broadcast and the camera people getting you good shots. We're on radio. Uh, it's one guy running the show and it's me and it's wherever I decide to take it. So uh, folks that listen are at my mercy on what we're going to talk about, but we try to have a little fun every night. Obviously the game is first and foremost, and we try to get to know these guys a little bit. And uh, you know, over the course of the season, the amazing thing this year, you get so much player movement in minor league baseball usually, but uh, this season, this Travs team has had, very little movement. We've had this same group of players almost all year. Cool. Uh, and we've gotten to see them develop, which is uh, interesting. You usually don't have a core group like this of 20-plus guys that are all together. 
uh, for even a first half of a season. But that's where we are right now with this group uh, heading to the end of the first half with only nine games to go now in this uh, race for the first playoff spot out of the North Division. But it's a, it's a really good group of guys, and I hope that comes through in the broadcast. It's an easy group to root for. Uh, if you've been out to a game this year, you just got to hang out down the right field line either before or especially after a game. They'll hang out. They'll talk to you. They'll sign autographs. Uh, first-class group of uh, human beings putting on the Travs uniforms this season. Okay, so we're only one game out of first place. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. We've got nine games to go. And here's the thing. It's one game out of first, but you're in third place in the division. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a three-way race, and it's the three top teams record-wise in the league right now. Tulsa has beaten Wichita three out of four this week. They had a doubleheader. So Tulsa's actually leapfrog Wichita into first place. Wichita is now in second, a half game back. Travs are right there, though. One game out, but third place. You've got to jump over two teams. That makes it just enough harder that I, I think the odds still aren't great for the Travs, but the, the saving grace for the Travs is they're playing really good baseball. As we talked about last segment, when you're winning ball games, the scoreboard watching becomes a lot more fun when you're winning. If you're losing, uh, you kind of have your fingers crossed when you scoreboard watch, and you're not going to get a whole lot of help. So as long as the Travs keep winning, I think by the time we track the next Sunday and the end of that first half, this could be a really, really uh, interesting last week and a half. Now, if things go south for the Travs, forget what I just said. <laughs> uh, but the, the way this group's playing, uh, it, it's been amazing to watch them get back into this race. And all of a sudden, last week, you start looking at the stands and you go, man, we're only three games out. Uh, this is a Travs team that was tied for last at one point just a couple weeks ago. And uh, here they are, only one game out of first. And like I said, still plenty of work to do. Still need a lot of help with both Wichita and Tulsa in front of them. But if the Travs take care of their business and play well over these last nine and win six or seven of them, uh, it could be a really interesting situation when we get to next Sunday. Okay, well, let's uh, let's roll. We're up in northwest uh, uh, Arkansas the next three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we come back home to Dickey Stevens, so it could be a great final homestand for the first half. Who's coming into the ballpark? Frisco is the opponent next week, the Frisco Rough Riders, the uh, Texas Rangers double-A club. They started off really hot this year, uh, looked like they might be one of the best teams in the league. Travis has already played them uh, in a couple series down in Frisco this year and only won four of nine games so far against the Rough Riders. Really talented squad. They've got Jack Leiter, the, uh, the guy out of Vanderbilt who was drafted mm-hmm. uh, in the first round last year. They've got uh, several other really good pitchers. Uh, one of their hitters from early in the season is already in the big leagues with the Rangers, Ezekiel Duran. He's playing third base for Texas right now in the big leagues. Had uh, the go-ahead hit for the Rangers in their win last night. Very talented Frisco club, but they've faded lately in terms of wins and losses. Uh, they went from looking like they were going to win the South to now being uh, in, in, I believe, three games back of San Antonio and in second place. So Frisco's got some work to do. They're still alive. That, I think, actually helps. It makes it a more competitive series next week. Two teams that are fighting for a playoff spot, even if it's not against one another, it just ups that intensity and makes it more fun for the guys to go out and, and compete on a nightly basis. So it should be a heck of a series next week with uh, a lot of good stuff going promotionally at Dickie Stevens as well. All right, so explain to uh, explain to me and my listeners, you know, when you're playing Major League Baseball, you know, and, and you get into where you want to make the playoffs because that's where you make some extra money at. Is it the same way in Minor League Ball? It is. Uh, the guys get an extra paycheck if they make the playoffs, so that's a, a nice little bonus for them. But uh, also, it, it's the one, you know, it, minor league baseball is about development. I, I don't think that's any secret to anybody. Guys are trying to get better. They're trying to move up levels. But 
you're also trying to learn to compete, and that's part of development, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and on top of it, this Travis group really likes each other. Uh, they want to go win for each other each night, uh, and it's not very often you get to play for a championship. So the fact that they're in the race uh, is nice. The fact they have a chance to make the playoffs, I think this group would love to do that uh, for each other and have a chance to celebrate something and celebrate each other if they could clinch this playoff spot. Uh, easier said than done, but the, the fact they're even in the race at this point after where they were four weeks ago uh, is really impressive, and uh, it, it's good to be there. And the way it works in the minor leagues, I think we talked about this last week, Dave, half seasons, because you get so much yes. movement in the minor leagues, your roster can look so much different late in the season versus early. So we do half-season races, so you have a first-half champ and a second-half champ in each division in the Texas League, and then those four teams will go into the playoffs with the two North Division clubs playing each other, two South Division clubs against each other. So you actually get two chances a year to make the playoffs, two pennant races. Uh, it really keeps things interesting for both players and fans, and uh, hopefully this first-half race goes the Travs way because it's getting pretty fun right now. All right. We just got about a minute left. Let me uh, give you that time to talk about tonight's broadcast this weekend and then what's coming up next week. Yeah, tonight, 7.05 over on 93.3 The Fish for a first pitch, 6.50 for our Visit Hot Springs pregame show. Travs have Taylor Dollard on the mound tonight. This kid's been uh, I don't want to say he's come out of nowhere, but he's really impressed. He leads all of the minor leagues uh, in ERA among qualifying pitchers. 0.86 is Woo! ERA through his first 11 starts, and it's not a fluke. Hasn't allowed more than one earned run in any ball game, so hopefully he can help the Travs to a third win in a row tonight. Two more in Springdale this weekend, 6.05 tomorrow, 2.05 on Sunday, and then home next week to take on Frisco as uh, we'll keep an eye on that pennant race for the first half title in the North, which goes through next Sunday. Uh, big weekend fireworks next Friday. Travis will be wearing special USA jerseys uh, that will be available in a silent auction that night, both in person and online. And then uh, next Saturday, a 501 hat giveaway as we'll support a little local pride uh, and represent the 501 area code next Saturday. Travis.com if you want to check out the full promotional schedule and grab tickets right there online as well. All right, Stephen, thanks a lot. Enjoy your time up in northwest Arkansas. I'll talk to you next Friday. May see you at the ballpark next week. Thank you, Dave. We'll talk to you later. My thanks to Stephen uh, Davis for joining us a half hour uh, of the of the show to talk about the Travelers and uh, the great season they've got going right now and closing in on the end of the first half of the season, which will end in a homestand next week uh, here against uh, Frisco. So I'm going to make my way out to the ballpark next week for sure, catch a game uh, because it could be we could watch and maybe ramp up being for a first place team in the first half that would be a lot of fun but now let's talk about as much as i love baseball i really love movies and i spend a lot of time at the movie theater you know during the winter time the spring time the summer time the fall time any time is the best time go get your big old you know bucket of popcorn and a, and for me a diet coke and sit and watch a movie and uh Looking forward to doing that uh, here in the next few weeks uh, as well. A couple of movies that are uh, opening this weekend that look very good. I've got Matt Smith on with us. He is the uh, the main uh, owner and bottle washer of all of the uh, uh, VIP cinemas here in central Arkansas. I guess the big one we got to talk about, uh, Robert, uh, Robert, <laughs> Matt, is to talk about Lightyear. Yes, sir. Disney and Pixar present Lightyear. It is PG, 
and it is the origin story of Buzz Lightyear. Do you wonder how Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story got started? Well, this movie's going to tell you. Right, because this is the movie that talks about the, quote, the real guy, and Toy Story talks about the toy he spawned with, uh, with you know, uh, Tim Allen's voice in the Toy Story toy uh, story movies. Yes, yes, absolutely right. PG started yesterday afternoon. We are presenting it in both 2D and Real D 3D. Uh, you can check it out in Batesville at the Oak 7 VIP Cinema. Of course, we're in Searcy at the Searcy 8 VIP Cinema. Uh, Hot Springs at the Hot Springs 8 VIP Cinema. Your hometown of Cabot, Cabot 8 VIP Cinema. And then, of course, right there, right down the road from you on Cantrell in Little Rock, the Riverdale 10 Absolutely. VIP Cinema. Great so. place to go see a movie at, by the yeah. way. So uh, have you taken your kids to see it yet? I have not. They haven't seen it, haven't been able to work it into their busy summer schedule, believe it or not. Uh, you know, between dance and swim and horseback riding, man, they're booked up. They might as well be at school. Man. Yeah, I, I got you on that. That, of course, ties up your time uh, as well. So critics, they like it? They do like it. Great review today in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, just got a great review. Um, really, uh, really glad to see that. Um, you know, the critics seem to be behind it. Uh, and I'm glad to see that, but I tell you, a lot of these movies of this caliber, uh, I would say they're somewhat critic-proof. Uh, yeah. If you want to watch uh, this Buzz Lightyear movie, it really doesn't matter what a film critic says. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, the Democrat Gazette gives it an 86. To infinity and beyond, Lightyear gives Buzz added depth and humanity. Hmm. Uh, it's PG, got a running time of an hour and 40 minutes, and of course it's got the animated voices of Chris Evans, Kike Palmer, Dale Souls, James Brolin. Um, they liked it. Uh, you know, one reason Pixar can keep finding new outings for Space Ranger Buzz Lightyear is because their cartoons feature more delicately shaded characters than many live-action films do. Yeah, I would That's agree. I'd agree with that. By the way, let's talk about Josh Brolin. Okay. This is a guy who has really ignited his career over the last few years. Yes. I mean, he he was kind of on a sideline player, and then all of a sudden, he's big time again. You know, I think you get to a point in your life where, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's from different people, it's a different point in your life. But you get to a point in life where you um, get some clarity. Uh, you value the opinions of others less and less and less, maybe none at all. Mm -hmm. And you start doing different things, things that please you, things that make you happy. And I think also maybe taking more risks in your career. Uh, I believe he hit that point, and that's why you see the changes that came about, and that's why you see the roles that he took, and that's why you see the resurgence in his career. Now, you know, it took him to get to X age to make that decision, but you can see how he's got that new life, that new breath of life there. Well, I think, know, yes. I think that the movie that was turnaround for him was Sicaro. Yes, and not, not a role that he would have reached out there to play prior to that. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he got to that point. He made that decision. I just don't care what they think. 
I'm going to do what I want to do. And he just kind of start, stopped listening to others and stopped listening to the opinions of others and, you know, um, made that move. And, and, and it's, it's kind of sad. I wish he'd have done it earlier. I think he would have had much of a better career. I mean, I was born that way at birth. Um, I think I came out flying the free bird. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, for me, I was just, I was born that way. So you know, I, I, I wish Josh Brolin had uh, you know decided to march to his own beat much earlier than he did. But if you start with Sicario and go forward, um, yes, these are most definitely the best years of his career. Yeah, very, very, very not misses after Sicario. It was just big time, and you couldn't have gotten a better. De- a better, you know, all the pieces came together. You got a great writer uh, that wrote the script. You had Benicio del Toro as uh, acting in the movie with you. Emily Blunt was in that movie. I mean, just a great cast, great story, and really well put together. It, it, it did turn it for him. He's reached out there and done such more much more dynamic roles, and then, you know, you can be Liam Neeson and just do what's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, he's doing that. For a guy who said several movies back that he didn't want to do any more action movies, he's done a lot of action movies. He just, he just does what's easy. And, you know, I mean, most people do that. Most people do not do what's best. Most people do not do what is right. Most people do not do what is different. They do what is easy. Yeah. It's easy. I don't blame. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. He said, "I mean, look, he's put, he's paid his dues." You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Now, if you're in your seventies, like Liam Neeson, it's time to do what's easy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. If you've done what's easy between birth and seventy, well, you know, you're you can look back on your life and you know, it's probably why you're in the boat that you're in. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> you know. let's let's look at two other movies that you're going to have playing at uh, Riverdale Ten. This new one, Brian and Charles. Let's talk about that. You know, it's just a cute little little kind of a a different take on on a cute little buddy comedy. Uh, this guy lives alone. He's an inventor. Uh, he's an introvert. He uh, builds and creates different gadgets. Uh, he's kind of an idiot savant in a way, a genius in a way. Doesn't have a lot of friends. Doesn't have a lot going on in his life. Uh, builds a little homemade clunky robot, and that little robot becomes his best friend. And it's PG, cool little buddy comedy with a different take to it. Kids, you think kids will like it? Kids will like it? Uh, I mean, it's it's quirky, but I mean, it is a movie. It's live action. It's not an animated feature. Okay. And it's uh, PG, and and I think it would be geared more toward uh, an adult that's paying attention. Uh, It's playing exclusively at Riverdale10.com. It is PG. Okay. And then another movie that you have playing at Riverdale 10 that I want to ask you about, because it it features one of my favorite Asian actors, Michelle Yao. That's everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, that's the biggest motion picture ever released by Area 24 Distribution. Uh, And we have had that movie on for a couple of months. It has been popular. It has done study business. Uh, people are coming to check it out. Um, it's it's an independent kind of superhero movie in a way. Got some great special effects and just uh, she almost comes across as a as a Marvel character as far as she's moving through these different dimensions and things going on in her life. Very very different take on the, on on um, what you would consider an independent film, but it is 
released by an independent studio, and it has just stayed in the top ten of movies uh, for months now, and and people really enjoy it. It's done some study business. It's been a it's been a nice surprise. Everywhere, everything all at once is um, is a cool film. Uh, I think people get a lot out of it, and it has done some repeat business. Hmm. Uh, let me yeah, let me hit you with the uh, let me hit you with the synopsis real quick. Let's pull that up and. And uh, it has been on for a while. It is R. An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes, connecting with the lives she could have led. Unfortunately, this sweeps her up into an even bigger adventure when she finds herself lost in the infinite worlds of the multiverse. James Hong is also in the film. Jamie Lee Curtis is in this film. Yep. It's 139 minutes. It's R. It's a grandmother as a superhero in a way. Um, it, it's it's cool. Now, I got to uh, I got to go see it. I, I I've seen everything Michelle Yao has been in. Yes, She's just a fantastic yes. actress. Yes, yes. And then uh, you know, of course, we're playing the big hits uh, at all of the theaters uh, in all the towns: Baseball, Cersei, Cabot, Hot Springs, and Little Rock at Riverdale Ten. And of course, that's uh, Tom Cruise in Top Gun Maverick. That's still on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we are playing uh, Jurassic World Dominion. That is still on the screen. Great, it's a fun movie. I'm just telling everybody right now if you're if you're wanting uh, some kind of movie that's going to talk about uh, political insights or something, this isn't your movie. If you want to just go and be entertained, that is your movie. Yes. Now, at all locations, uh, Top uh, Maverick. You know, Tom Cruise as Maverick and Top Gun is playing on two screens. Jurassic World Dominion is playing on two screens in 2D, as well as playing in 3D. Uh, Disney and Pixar's Lightyear about Buzz Lightyear, PG, new today. Uh, That's playing on two screens in 2D, as well as playing in 3D. Uh, That's at all locations. Uh, And then uh, Doctor Strange uh, has been held over. Uh, It is the 10th Marvel movie to cross $400 million at the box office. That is still playing. Uh, at all of the locations. And so um, uh, Top Gun Maverick, Jurassic World Dominion, Lightyear, and Doctor Strange. Those are on at all locations this weekend. And, of course, at Riverdale 10, we are still playing Downton Abbey, and we are playing Brian and Charles that you mentioned. We are also playing Everything, Everywhere, All at Once that you mentioned. And we still have Bob's Burgers on at the Riverdale 10, Riverdale10.com. Let the patty begin. Yep, there you go. <laughs> I love that. I love that title. Don't get to say it very much. All right, a quick break, and then we're back, and we'll wrap it up with Matt Smith. We're telling you what you can do for this Father's Day weekend when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, we continue with our conversation with Matt Smith, the man who's behind the VIP cinemas and Hot Springs right here in Little Rock at the Riverdale 10 in uh, Cabot at the VIP Cinema there, VIP Cinema up in uh, Searcy, and the Oaks in Baseville, which is also a VIP uh, Cinema. Uh, Matt, let's talk about uh, what's coming up on the 23rd of this month. A couple of very interesting movies. Well, one, uh, Baz Luhrmann has got a new movie coming. This is, is this his first one since he did uh, Moulin Rouge? Uh, it could be. Yeah, it could be. I, I don't know that for sure, and I don't want to be misquoted. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I think it is, and he's he's taken an icon on this time with Elvis. 
Yes, Elvis starts uh, on Thursday as well as Black Phone. Uh, those are the two new movies for next weekend. Uh, the Elvis movie's great. You've got Tom Hanks in that movie as uh, the Colonel. Uh, it has screened at Graceland. People love it. Uh, it's gotten uh, just a great response from the people that work at Graceland. Um, critics are going to love this film. That's a good date for that movie. It's an adult film. There's no adult movies around it. You know Top Gun's a, a month old by then. So uh-huh. I think it's going to do some box office. It's going to do some business. And, of course, you got Black Phone from Universal. And that movie, um, they have them a little scary movie every year around the 4th of July. In the past, it's been one of the Purge movies. This year, it's Black Phone. Uh, and that is definitely some, some counter-programming. Both of those films start... Uh, Thursday, the 23rd, and the tickets are already on sale. Well, i got to tell you what, Black Phone is one that I want to see, and Elvis is one I want to see, so i got to do uh, double time next weekend to, to watch those movies. Black Phone really interests me because, uh, of course, uh, the cast in that movie includes a guy by the name of Ethan Hawke, and he has been doing some very interesting movies here of late. Yes. Yes, you've got to uh, appreciate what he's done, um, definitely. Um, you know, I wish they'd make another before, um, you know, before sunrise, before sunset. You know, I wish they'd throw the fourth one into that series. i love to see him in those moody, movies with, uh, with that whole take on Paris and what's going on with that. That's just a cool independent film. You know, one of those Richard Linkletter sets of movies, the first right. sequels of independent films ever. I think those are great. But I've always been a fan of his. And, yeah, him taking on that, that scary role, that'll be different, but certainly not a stretch uh, for someone of his caliber. All right, so let's talk about the uh, classic movie that's coming up in July. This is one the families love. You'll want to get your tickets for it. Well, this is going to happen on July 12th, and it's The Wizard of Oz back on the big screen. You may have seen The Wizard of Oz a million times on television, but until you see it on the big screen, you've never seen The Wizard of Oz. Hey, it's Tuesday, July 12th. It starts at 7 p.m. The tickets are $5. They're on sale now at Riverdale10.com. We are selling advanced tickets. If you want to check that one out, uh, be sure to get your tickets now. And uh, don't forget that um, every Monday and Thursday we have a movie at 11 a.m. Doors open at 10 a.m. The movie is only $4 per person. And soda is $1, and popcorn is $1 during that movie. That's at all five locations. Hit Riverdale10.com and click the Family Film Series banner to check that out. And there's also a link to all the other theaters there uh, at Riverdale10.com. And then, of course, uh, every Wednesday you get free popcorn with a ticket purchase if you have the theater group refillable popcorn bucket. That happens every Wednesday. Don't forget that. Uh, Be sure to sign up for our email newsletter. We send out that email newsletter, and it tells you about the super secret double probation (laughs) events we have and the discounts that are only available to the email newsletter subscribers. And we have a rewards program. Pick up your rewards card for free at the movie theater, and you can use that card to... uh, accumulate points to redeem for free movie tickets and free concessions. I'm going to tell you what, it's a good day when you can work Animal House into your answer. Got to do it, brother. (laughs) I love it. I love it. By the way, I'll let you talk about this just for a couple moments. We got a few, a couple minutes left. I'm looking at uh, the end of June, you got Minions and the Emoji uh, movie. You've got, uh, uh, what is it, Uh, 
We've got uh, Angry Birds 2. We've got Scoob. We've yep. got Paw Patrol yep. uh, coming up, and Clifford as well, coming up at the end of July and into August. A big family kind of push here now at the movies. Yes, I mean, that's our $4 movies. And so the doors open at 10 a.m. on Monday and Thursday. The tickets are just $4, and you get a soda for a dollar and, and a Coke for a dollar, and it, it gives kids something to do. Uh, we're doing that every Monday and Thursday, and people come out. They have a good time when they do that. Um, it is a great break from the summer heat for families, uh, for those Moms Day Out programs for churches, and certainly for daycares. All right, so your take, what do you think? Does Thor, uh, Love and Thunder do as well as the rest of the Marvel movies have done thus far? It's going to do as well as Thor does. I mean, I, I, <laughs> do I mean it's going to do as well as the other Thor movies. I think it's going to do 135 to $150 million its opening weekend. Well, that's good. It's there. Those tickets are on sale, by the way. So you need to go to the website and buy those tickets. We have those advanced tickets on sale. They're on sale now, and Thor will be in 2D as well as Real D, 3D. Those tickets are on sale. Elvis tickets are on sale. Black phone tickets are on sale. So, uh, yeah, be sure, to, be sure to check that out. Minions is going to be good for the kids. There's no doubt about that. Thor is going to be a big movie. Um, you know, we've got that uh, Hank and the Paws of Fury kids movie coming up July 15th. And uh, the book, Where the Crawdads Sing, was made into a movie. That, book, that movie comes out July 15th as well. That's going to be a big movie in July. All right. Fantastic. Matt, you have a great Father's Day. It's it's kind of nice to have Father's Day come up and you got a couple of kids, isn't it? Hey, you know what? It'll be great. But, hey, they're, they're great. The, the, my boy just turned five. My daughter just turned nine. So we're, we're still having, you know, little kid time with both of them, and that is wonderful. Yeah, now you're still the hero. Definitely having a little kid summer, and I'm hoping we can stretch that out. You know, I, I, I've still got plenty of time with that with my boy, but I'm hoping to stretch that out for a few more years with my daughter as well. Fantastic. Hey, thanks a lot, Matt. Appreciate you, brother. We'll talk to you next Friday. Riverdale10.com. All right. Matt Smith, you don't want to miss any movies. Go to one of his theaters. You'll be comfortable. You'll be able to eat right, and you'll see the movie the way it's supposed to be seen on the big screen, brightly presented, and great sound. All right, I'm out of time with you. I'm coming up uh, Monday again. We'll have the power panel in. And on the 9 o'clock hour, uh, we'll be talking with the folks from uh, Arkansas's version of Americans for Prosperity. We'll talk to them and see what they've got going right here in Arkansas. I'm Dave Ellswick. See you after the weekend. Have a great Father's Day. Join me on Monday, 6 a.m.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.